Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. It's that time of week again, and we are glad to be back with you. We're going to jump into the fabled Dark Ages, and I only use the fable because there's so much that surrounds the Dark Ages that is a bit of uh, Robin of Hood, and, and, yeah, yeah, Robin Hood, and, yeah, and all that stuff. And I, and I, and it's fun. It's it's enjoyable to read yeah. and even see movies about and King um, Arthur and yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, but. We have been saying we're going to talk about the Dark Ages for a while now. I feel like we've been mentioning that we're going to get there. We're here now. We've been now. sneaking up on it. Right. And um, and something that's important to, for people to understand is that the Dark Ages can also be, for, be referred to as the Middle Ages or Medieval Period. So you might hear it referred to as that. Right. But we want to ask why the Dark Ages were called the Dark Ages. And we're going to back ourselves into that. You know, We're going to answer that question by talking about, in a very brief way, what, yeah, what, give a little disclaimer here, as we always and do. How it happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it it is important as it pertains to church history, um, and so we're going to see that. So let's just jump in. The first thing is we talk about church history, the Dark Ages. The first thing we really see as we kind of start to lead in to the um, Dark Ages, which what's happened over a period of time, would be the collapse of the Roman Empire. Right. That happened in the middle of the fifth century, about four fifty one. When well. The collapse wasn't complete then, but the barbarians actually sacked Rome, destroyed Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened in stages, uh, the Huns and the Visigoths and so forth. All of that can be read in your history books if you like. Um, but um, what you have is a, the stability of a ruling government. Rome mm-hmm. ruled the world right. that was known then. I mean, obviously there were places Rome did not rule, the Far East and so forth. But uh, And you have the... Incas, Aztecs, or whoever it was in South America, and there there are tribes and things in North America, but those places weren't known. What was known of the world was ruled by Rome and had for much close to a thousand years. That's incredible. And building in power <laughs> until it main, right. you know retained, main, gained and maintained power over the far reaches of that area of the world. So you had that stability. I mean, all roads led to Rome. Mm. Uh, that was good for the spread of the gospel. I mean, Paul had a, uh, you know, when he went on his missionary jaunts, you know, you had all of this Roman system and setup that opened itself up to travel by sea. All these things opened itself up to the travel that was. Uh, and progress available. often does help the proclamation and and um, dissemination of the gospel right across the world. So, so what happens then? Uh, is that you lose that stability. You lo- uh, not only that, you lose the, the civil- civility, the civilization. Mm-hmm. You know, Rome had the rule of law. Rome had become a republic. Right. It had a republican form of government with senators that represented the people. That left probably contributing to the fall of Rome was the fact that you had now dictators who ruled and wanted worship, and so it, it degenerated. Uh, Rome degenerated morally within. And uh, so it was weak, and what once had been mighty was now weak. And it's interesting. I was talking about with this with you before we came on in regards to there's a film that I think would give you a great idea. Now, obviously, it's before the dark, um, before the dark ages, but there's a film uh, even before Constantinople 
gives you a little perspective of what we've been already been talking about. But there's a film called um, Gladiator. Uh, many may have seen it. Right. But you want to get an idea and a feeling of what's going on in Rome. Right. That film really, especially at the beginning of the film, really begins to kind of give you that that angst and things aren't what they used to be and we're starting to kind of right. crumble here. Yes. Uh, and it's fictitious, so you have to remember that. But as far as the overall feeling of what's going it's on in Rome at that time. Movie. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just saying th- this idea that what was was Rome is not anymore. Yeah, and that's just the beginning of it. Right. I mean, that was time of Christ or just after, so yep. not too far after Christ. But what you have, you know, the barbarians were called barbarians for a very what we would call a little comical reason. You know, if you if you read the New Testament, you, you talk about uh, neither Greek nor Jew, barbarian, wise or unwise. Well, barbarians were called that because their language sounded uh, in, unintelligible. So they referred to barbarians as just saying bar, 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 bar. You know, <laughs> it was a, a, a pejorative term. Right. So they they were viewed as uncivilized, and they they had a civilization, but it was not like Rome by any means. Right. Anything like Greece had been the remnants of the Greek Empire. All they were barbaric, and uh, well, you think you you lose the remnants of this once great republic that ruled the world. All the the Appian Way, the Greek, the, I mean, the Roman aqueducts, the Roman road system, all of that. Now is pillaged by the barbarians. So what we're seeing here, and we're going to see this more on the spiritual side, but we'll, in, a, in in the next two or three points here. But what we're seeing is is the digression of progress. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's um, it's it's a and I mean it, progress in a good way. Picture the church in the United States, and here's a church that is has been growing and thriving. You know. In a sense, it's getting bigger, and it's and it has reached peoples throughout the Roman Empire. But uh, picture a church today in the United States. We're, we're pretty prosperous and blessed yeah. by, blessed by what God has, the ways that God has blessed this country. But picture suddenly that that we're taken over by, say, um, an Islam, a Muslim country like right. uh, like uh, Iraq. Or Iran, yeah, more like Iran. it, yeah. And uh, they come in, you you would see the collapse of our society, right? Which would be okay with them, but it would totally change it. That's a little extreme, but you get the idea. It'd be it's quite the same a concept, change. yeah. The the so you have that, uh, and um, that changes things. That, that that opens the door for a dark time, civil and speaking in terms of civilization and so forth. Well, speaking of Islam. That kind of leads us into right. the rise and aggression of Islam now. Right. Um, I don't Not think, only the barbarians, but now you have to deal with the Islamic faith. I think probably our listeners can appreciate the fact that we don't understand the way Muslims, and especially the radical Muslims, think. Right. You know, um, but just don't think the way we think. They don't have a view of life like we have, especially radical Islam. And the whole holy war concept and all that. Well, you see Muhammad's religion growing and now wanting to take the world for Allah right fighting holy wars and which has never changed taking northern <laughs> northern um, Africa which was Christian right right going up coming up into southern Europe and now getting into Spain and and this this changes everything uh, not just for the church but just for society so uh, this 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 whole 
this whole thing leads to something else, and most historians don't make a lot of this, but then you have a, a development of a feudal system. And uh, the feudal system was where you had sort of a monarch or king reigning over a small area. He had a, an army of knights who, or, who protected a certain area. The, the vassals committed themselves to raising crops and providing crops and funds to, the, to that ruler for the, for his, in exchange for his protection. And you have that all over Europe. So you have this feudal system where people are, are basically ignorant. They're illiterate. All they do is live day to day. They have lives, of course, but I mean, they don't have the ability to argue philosophy or ideology or theology. They can't read the Bible. They don't have they Bibles. They were genuinely ignorant. Yes. Meaning they don't have, there's they, no education. They don't have Bibles. Yeah, they can't you know, read. There was, a, yeah. there was a canon form, but the general person doesn't have it. You know. They can't study philosophy. So, so now you have educational darkness. We take that for granted. I just, I'll just pause and say that. We take that for granted, the ability right. to read, to be educated, and I mean true education, not indoctrination. Yeah. True education and to know how to think. Yeah. We, we take that for granted. Taught to investigate, to think yeah. through issues. and to Yeah, so, uh, so what you have now is educational darkness. Uh, you don't have the light of a once great civilization. It's not that there's no civilization, but it's certainly not what it was. And you have uh, a growing spiritual darkness, which leads us to number four. Yeah, so that spiritual darkness is, I think, really important because that's what we really mean when we're talking about the Dark Ages. I mean, yes, there is the digression, if you will, of, of civilized life right. as they knew it as that time. And, and quite frankly, Rome had become pretty modern. Right. And a lot of things that they could do um, were just simply not a part of life anymore. Right. So you have this digression. So when we talk about the Dark Ages, yes, there's the digression. Yeah, a devolution. Uh, yeah, a a devolution. Yeah, instead of an evolving. But yeah. the spiritual aspect is really what we're keying in on here when it comes to the Dark Ages. Well, when you have what we just talked about, you have the collapse of the Roman Empire, the barbarians come in, you have the aggression of Islam, and you have fear, and you have ignorance, then the church as we um, as it came to be has now gained power the roman church has become the church to look to the the uh, the um, elder of that church or leader of that church is looked to to the point that at some point he becomes recognized as the father of the church the pope mm. the papa um, now you have centralization of church power and authority and and people are looking for something to provide them some sense of security and salvation. The church offers that in the church. And now, then you add that ignorance we talked about. We still have those who they see – They don't know the truth. Yeah. Some, we still have those who argue for the salvation in Christ. You know, But that's – what's getting darker is the view of, of, of uh, salvation and, and atonement for sin. And we don't, there's nothing known now or very little known of the um, – uh, autonomy of a local church, and right. of the um, priesthood of believers. Uh, they're dependent on the church. And all these barbarians are, are being converted into the church, some of them in mass coming in and just being baptized into the church. Right. And that's the important word there, into the church. So how long does this dark age last, to kind of give a little perspective on a timeline? Well, generals, 
in general from about 500 to 1500. Okay, so we're the out of the ages. 500s yeah, now. It, it, that's okay. not exact. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Aspects of it earlier and later, but generally speaking, what what you have come, and we'll talk about this more in another podcast. Is you have what's called a renaissance right. of learning, and a spread of learning, and a uh, the uh, a rise of rationalism which views rational thought as more important than biblical thought. Right. But then you have the Reformation. So it's interesting you're talking about the issue of centralized power, whether it would be through governmental-type rulers or even through church rulers, the papacy. And I, I think – I don't want to harp on this too much or draw, you know – kind of correlations too much, but you look at what's happened in America and this idea of centralized power that's really coming upon us. I think it's important to, to point this out for Christians, is that anytime something becomes centralized in that way, right? we, we now make an assumption that somehow men is not really that bad and not that sinful, an unbiblical assumption. Yeah, this and, one th- and, and I will take this to task on anyone, and, and we're not talking about... Should taxes be higher or be lower? What things maybe we should pay for or not pay for? What I'm talking about is if, if, if you're okay with centralized power in any form, and I mean strict, big-time government or even a church where there's no proper institution or how the institution should run, then you don't have a proper view of the sinfulness and depravity of man. Right. And what you see is the church, the Catholic, what has become the Catholic church. The word Catholic means universal. It can be used in a general term, meaning the the Holy Catholic Church, meaning the church universal. Right. <clears throat> but it came to refer to a particular church, and that's the Church of Rome, and those who follow it. And when you, what you see is now the Catholic Church able to take advantage of these other weaknesses, these other things, and to centralize power, to have power over rulers. Yeah, know, I mean, to, to the point, point the rulers. papacy were basically the rulers. Yeah, or to appoint rulers over yeah. kingdoms and yeah. so forth, and which we referred to some in earlier podcasts. So, so now you have uh, spiritual darkness, more right. prominent spiritual darkness. I, I'll make a clarification. I, I don't want to, what I'm saying there in regards to centralized power. I don't want to give the impression that this can't happen in a church where it's quote biblical and the autonomy of the church is operating in the way it should be. That can happen. Man is, man is simple. But it's much less likely. It's much less likely. But I will also argue that there are things that, if not put in place and, and accountability structures not put right. in place for that, it will happen. So either way, we have to come to this conclusion and understanding that the depravity of a man is important in our view of how we see things operating. And needs to have certain correct uh, roadblocks. Absolutely. That's why our founders – and this is not, a, this is not about – American history, no. but our founders established a, th- a threefold view of government, in which they were independent, po- independent powers, separation of powers, but they had certain limitations. The, what's what the Constitution is? It's a limit on governmental power. Yeah, and uh, and so Scripture limits power to men. It it, mm. it it does it, and but you don't see that happen in the dark ages, in the Middle Ages, the medieval period. You see power more and more centralized. Then you see corruption, right? And you see later, you will see things like indulgences, you know, the selling of indulgences, the selling to, of something to get people out of purgatory, a, a doctrine that develops when there's when people are left just to develop to their own ideas of theology and so forth. So, so we've got this happening. One other thing with regards to the darkness of the Dark Ages, and that is the Crusades. 
One of the biggest blots on church history, on Christianity, is the Crusades. If you try to talk to Jews or to Muslims, they would those who are most re- rejecting of your conversation, of we'll your attempted conversion, they'll bring up the Dark Ages Which of the Church. Which makes sense. And the, the, the Crusades started just before the year 1100, about 1096. The last Crusade was in 10, 1248. So you're looking at 250 years, basically, of Crusades. The whole point of the Crusades was to take back Islam had taken the Holy, the holy Land, the heathen. As, as the church would have viewed them. Um, and so the church saw as its responsibility to take that back, that which was holy, those relics, those places that were that held holiness in themselves, which they don't. Right. But now you have idolatry involved. So you're going to take this back. You gather knights and, and warriors to go and take this back. You even offer uh, absolution from sin to those who will go and which fight. Which brought about more corruption, by the way. Yeah, so you see all of this. Because with these people who are supposed to be protecting leaving, now you have other people coming in and and taking power. Yeah. There were seven crusades, and one of them, probably the most most grievous and the most indicative of the darkness of the time was the the children's crusade, Mm. when the children went to save the Holy Land from the Muslims. And there were some, some victories, but overall the crusades failed. And uh, um, and I and when we were talking off off air before we started, I think the Crusades are more a a fruit or an outgrowth of the darkness than the darkness itself. Interesting. Yeah, you, it's a it's a consequence of a spiritually dark time, of a spiritually ignorant time, of a corrupt time. And uh, you look at these five things. There could be other things. We, you know. If we right. read more and, and looked more, you could see other things. But what we're seeing is these basic things were what made us say this time was dark. It's it's interesting because we're leading up to something. Yeah, something um, important. And the question is, what are we leading up Nobody to? Nobody knows, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> We've kind of alluded to it. And when you have this much darkness, you said this, just a little bit of light starts to peek out somewhere. And so – what we're leading up to is the Reformation, right. which was that light that began to shine upon the darkness. Yeah, just to give a little bit. I mean, you think about it. Think if you if you lived in darkness and you didn't know anything that was around you. Maybe in in this area of darkness there is uh, water to drink, but you don't know it's there. Right. So you don't drink it. Or food over here. Or um, some some other things that are basic necessities of life. You don't know they're there. Somebody lights a match. Just a match, and mm. you get a glimpse. Of, what is that? You know, oh, what's that? You know, just right. a match. That's what you start to see happening with guys like Wycliffe and Huss, and uh, uh, they begin to light matches, Tyndale and others. And well, well, if you're in control of the darkness, you don't want people to see the light, right? Yeah. But that's what's coming. One last question I want to ask before we close up here, and I think it helps kind of bring it into our current modern time and help us apply this is are we moving into a new dark age right now as we stand in our Western civilization, maybe in particular American culture? I think culture? we have been, okay. frankly, for some time. When you say dark, obviously it's not physically dark. And the there's still very faithful bright. evangelical churches, and we're yeah. not dark in the sense that we're ignorant in the sense that we can read and write and, and whatnot. Right. Well, you see fear tactics used in order to control people. You see that from government. Yeah. You see churches becoming weaker. Mm. Uh, I mean, just a recent report – 
about an evangelical denomination that just came out is is uh, is an indi- indication of the darkness of the time of the of the um, the corruption of the time and how it has affected and touched mm-hmm. the church and uh, our, our society is more and more secular. You might say it's may, maybe it's not totally secular. We have the remnants of that once great civilization, right. but if things don't turn, yeah, it will become very dark. Uh, it can become dark educationally because you will only learn what th- those in power want you to learn. It's it can become like spiritually because the church becomes weak if it doesn't stand on the truth. Those are the things that can make it dark. It's almost Gotham dark. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? Just that, that idea that we're modern. We yeah. have modern amenities, yeah. but but the depravity is really beginning to ramp up. Yeah, I, and I think we ought not to despair. We'll talk more as we move into other sections of church history about what can we, what does the church do hmm. in dark times? This has been and good. We need to talk about yeah. that. This has been good, but we don't have to talk about that today. <laughs> well, well, hopefully, people have gained at least an overview, maybe a feeling, a concept of what the dark ages were about. I've often go study that more, question. Though. Hey, that's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a master's question for me. Yeah, no, I've absolutely. Thought, well, why is it called the dark ages? In some sense, you can look and say, "Oh, yeah," but why? Yeah. Well, it's been good to be with you, and we'll look forward to you joining us next week. Lord bless you all. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter, at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. Today.